your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Friday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the app and join me uh, next week on Thursday when they play the Washington Capitals again on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So, Penguins got out to another big lead on Thursday night against the Devils. 5-1 to one going into the third period. Of course, everyone got a little bit nervous because of what happened on Tuesday night, but uh, it was anything but that in the third period with lockdown defense. It was a bit boring, but it's exactly what the doctor ordered. I actually received a text from uh, one of my buddies who watches every game as well. I'm actually going to read that text later on in the episode, which I think I think the Penguins sent a huge message to the rest of the league with that third period. Um, he was the one that said it first, and I actually agree with him. I'm going to send, I'm going to read that, like I said, I'm going to read that text later on in the episode. But uh, that was lockdown defense, 5 1 win for the Penguins. They improved to 5 and 1 and 1, or 5 and 2 um, in other terms against the New Jersey Devils. They are now 10 and 2 and 1, 10 and 3 basically against the Sabres and the Devils this season. So that is basically the biggest reason why, or, well, you know, one of the biggest reasons why this team is making the playoffs. And, you know, it was just a really nice win last night. I mean, I was definitely a little bit surprised that Tristan Jari got the start. Um, you know, I'll, I'll own up to it. You know, I went against Mike Sullivan with that one. I lost against Mike Sullivan going up on that one. So I'll chalk that one up as an L. And that's another freezing cold take for yours truly. If you listen to the podcast on Wednesday, I was advocating for Casey DeSmith to go and then for him to go on Saturday, then for Jari to be thrown out to the Wolves on Sunday so they can work on his game. Obviously, like I said, Mike Sullivan did not listen to me because, you know, even though I only cover the team on the podcast and a couple writing sites, I am not the head coach of this team, and he obviously knows a hell of a lot more than I do. And I think this move showed that he is the true number one goalie for Pittsburgh and that he will be starting game one in the playoffs when this team in- inevitably clinches. I believe their magic number is down to eight now with the New York Rangers losing regulation to the Flyers last night. Pittsburgh is now 11 points clear for, for a playoff spot over the Rangers with uh, two full weeks to go in the regular season for the East Division. That is all we have left, everyone. Two full weeks from tomorrow, Saturday, is when the regular season will come to a close. Nine games in 14 days, I think, for Pittsburgh. And you know what? I'm just I'm kind of ready for the playoffs already. I'm we're gonna I guess we're gonna recap this game fully in this episode. But I just want to take a second and say. Um, you know, I'm in playoff mode already. You know, usually right now we're at the end of the first round. We're getting ready to start the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs since, you know, the finals in June and all that. And they usually start in mid-April. Um, but, you know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm starting to uh, rock my playoff beard a little bit. I'm probably going to shave it right before the playoffs start so I don't, you know, lose my mojo. But I'm definitely going to grow one out this year. And hopefully it lasts more than uh, a week or like not even a week as it was last year. Um, hopefully it lasts quite a while so I can see um, how far it grows out. But, you know, like I said, just bring me the playoffs. Um, it was an awesome start for Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Sidney Crosby gets a goal 41 seconds into the game. Um, he took matters into his own hands. I tweeted this out on Tuesday, you know, basically like, you know, the Thanos from Age of Ultron, I'll do it myself. Um, gets his 19th goal of the season. If he registers one more goal before the end of the season, which, he, you know, he probably will do, um, he will be the first player in Penguins history um, to have 13 uh, 20 plus goal seasons. That will be a record. Mario Lemieux, uh, him, 
and Evgeny Malkin are tied with the record right now, and Sid it seems poised to break that um, in one of these next nine games. And Gino is probably going to break that next season. He'll probably have a 20-goal season when he returns um, in a full-time uh, health basis next season. I don't think he's going to be out um, for this long or stretch for next season at least. But still, congrats to Cindy Crosby on that. And yet, again, it was another game where the Penguins just chased uh, a Devils starting goaltender. I understand it's not Mackenzie Blackwood in there. He's been one of their, well, he has been their best goalie so far this season. But Pittsburgh has feasted on both Arendelle and Scott Wedgwood for both these last couple of games. I think Blackwood will be back on Saturday since he practiced a lot on the day before in Pittsburgh. So, like I said, my guess is that Blackwood will be back. But, you know, we're going to have to see. On that, if he's not, um, I'm not even sure which goalie the Devils need to start just because both of them have been being lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, they have now given up 12 goals in their last two games against Pittsburgh. Like I said, the Penguins are now 5-1-1 and one and one versus New Jersey. They are 4-0 against the Devils in the month of April. So um, Penguins taking care of business when they need to take care of business. I love what Sidney Crosby did last night. Um, as in terms of the Hart Trophy, I understand a lot of people are going to be picking him to win it. I get the argument, you know, it's most valuable to your team. Um, but that being said, I still would vote for Connor McDavid. Yes, I understand the competition in the Canadian division is not that good. But, you know, when you're having the season that he is having, and I'm, let me just look up his stats real quick from Hockey Reference just to make sure I have this right. He has 77 points in 45 games. I mean, that is almost 1.5 points per game. I mean, if this were a... Let me see. Like if this were a full 82-game season, he would be on pace for like well over 130 points. So um, to me personally, I think it's Connor McDavid and everyone else. But that being said, Sidney Crosby 1,000% deserves to be a Hart Trophy finalist. Um, I think I would vote him second or third. Right now, I think I would have him third behind McDavid and Matthews. But I can definitely see him being voted at least for second. I just don't think I could see him winning it just because McDavid has been a force this year. And like I said, I understand, you know, going up against Ottawa many times, you know, if they stink, Vancouver has not been good this year. They've also been ravaged by COVID. Uh, but, you know, he's still gone up against Winnipeg, which is a really good team. He's gone up against Toronto, which has been really good this year. He's gone up against Montreal, which, you know, they're not in the same stratosphere as those two teams. But, you know, they're still usually a sound defensive team. Uh, I understand Calgary's not that good either, um, but still, he is the best player in the world, and I do think he deserves to win the Hart Trophy. But that being said, um, if it weren't for Connor McDavid this year, Sidney Crosby would 1,000% um, be a lot of people's Hart Trophy winners. Um, I, I really believe that, and like I said, I still think he deserves to be a Hart Trophy finalist. I just don't think I see him winning it this year. I've been wrong many times. I, I mean, I was wrong about Sullivan starting to Smith uh, last night, but... That's just my personal opinion on it, uh, but I understand that Sid has been a rock for Pittsburgh this year. Uh, I also think he deserves to be a finalist for the Selkie Trophy. I really want him to win a Selkie Trophy by the end of his career because of how good of a defensive player that he's turned into these last couple seasons. So I really think we could be see Sid nominated for not one but two awards and potentially the Ted Lindsay award as well. So potentially three awards that Sidney Crosby could be a finalist for this year. And I don't really think anyone would bat an eye towards it. He's had a wonderful season, both um, offensively 
and defensively, he deserves to be recognized as such as he's really helped carry the load for the Penguins in Evgeny Malkin's absence. And, you know, going back to Tristan Jari, I thought it was a great response game from him last night. You know, I know that goal that he gave up in the first period was a bit shaky. I mean, I was kind of like, oh no, you know, here we go again. But, you know, he had 30 saves on 31 shots last night, 968 save percentage. So now, if you go through his game long, other than that 800 save percentage, uh, 968, 933, 963, 933, 917 are his last five starts. So five of his last six, besides that really bad third period, um, he has been uh, basically 920 or better. You know, he had that bad game against the Rangers, but before that, shutout, 906, 929, 943, 914, 977, 913, and 943. He has been a rock for Pittsburgh um, for the last couple, well, well, not last couple months, honestly, for the last month and a half. And he 100% deserves to start game one in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's making $3.5 million per. I mean, I would hope that he would start. Uh, I understand that Casey DeSmith has also had a really good season, but that is the kind of start you wanted to see from Tristan Jari. Um, and that, like I said, it, sh- it might- shows that Mike Sullivan trusts his goaltender and that he is going to start him in the playoffs when this team inevitably clinches. He could have easily went to Casey Smith. It's what I would have done so that Jari works on the kinks in his game, especially with playing the puck. But like I said, he knows more than I do. And the bet paid off in a big way, as I thought as the game went on, Jari got even more sharper, was really nice with his lateral movement, making some big time saves, especially in the second period. I think the Devils had six high danger chances. Jari turned them all aside. And in the third period, when the Penguins locked down defensively, he saved the only high danger chance that the Devils got, even though the Devils really weren't in the Penguins zone a lot during that third period. So, um, both awesome games from Tristan Jari and Cindy Crosby. We have a lot more to get to when it comes to this game, especially from Teddy Bluger, um, Cody Cece, and so much more coming up in the next segment, so stick around for that. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So I'm going to start here with Teddy Bluger. Um, another shorthanded goal. I believe that's his third shorthanded goal of the season. And he, his offensive game has just been uh, through the roof this season. I mean, if you go back to last season, I found this really interesting. So he had 22 points in 69 games last year. Nice number, but only 22 points. That's in a full... It, in a full 82-game season, that roughly equates to, what, something, 30-something points, I think. So far in this season, he's played in 34 games because, of course, he's had to miss, I think, 10 games due to his injury. But he has 21 points in 34 games. That equates to, I think, what, a 45-point season over 82 games. Um, his offense, like I said, has really come into his own this year. Um, that seven goals in 34 games. He would probably be on at least a 15-16 goal pace for a full 82-game season. He is showing to everyone in the fan base and probably to man as well, he needs to be protected at all cost in the expansion draft this summer. This is a player that the Penguins cannot afford to let get away. He is their best center outside of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin that this team has had since Nick Benino was there. And if they do go the seven defensemen, uh, some defensemen, seven forwards to be defensemen, a goalie, um, he needs to be on that seven forwards list that is protected. Um, I understand that a good player such as Jason Zucker might be left exposed, Zach Aston Reese, Brandon Tameth, but 
you let, let that happen because you cannot afford to let him get away. His playmaking ability is awesome. Like I said, his goal-scoring touch has really gone up this year. His defensive impact in the defensive zone is outstanding. I mean, he makes some of these little plays that don't show up on the score sheet that really are just like, wow, when you watch them, especially when you go back and watch the game against Buffalo um, that last Saturday. Uh, in the last 90 seconds, made two awesome plays to clear the zone, just a little couple chips off the wall that not a lot of other players on this team could do. But um, he just is the perfect bottom six center that this team has sorely needed ever since Nick Benino left. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent, not, not unrestricted, excuse me. He's a restricted free agent after this season. He's only making 750k. Um, you probably have to extend him for. He's probably going to ask for over two and a half million per. And honestly, I give that to him. I mean, I do that in a heartbeat. Uh, maybe he asks for three million per. I would still do it. You know, he's that good. And he deserves to be paid as such, especially just because of how great of a player that he's turned out to be this year. And, you know, like I said, I understand a lot of people were down on his offense um, a bit after last year when he only had 22 points in 69 games. But he has 21 points in 34 games this year. His underlying numbers are really good. Um, this is a player, like I said, that needs to be protected and re-signed at all costs in the expansion draft. Um, getting now to Cody Cece, gets another goal last night. I saw a great meme from Jay Fresh Hockey. Basically, you know, <laughs> he retweeted this. You know, Toronto fans and Ottawa fans. Cody CC sucks. It's like a, like a, a drawing of people yelling, and then the the, uh, the other picture of like an old person with like you know white hair with a Penguins fan. You know, Cody CC is awesome. Basically, um, I saw this really uh, eye-opening stat from Danny Shari Irving of the Pens Block. If I can find that here. Um, on my Twitter page. I retweeted this. Um, shout out to Danny for finding this stat, by the way. Um, shout out to him. He, his, this tweet blew up. So since March 27th, uh, like I said, credit to Danny with his tweet. Cody CC leads all NHL defensemen with 10 points at 5v5. Yes, that is better than Victor Hedman. That is better than Eric Carlson. That is better than Adam Fox. That is better than Charlie McAvoy. That is better than Kale McCarr. That is better than Crystal Tang. That is better than any other defenseman in this league. So maybe Cody CC for Norris? Nah, I'm just, I'm mainly messing. But the fact that he has uh, more points at 5v5 um, and how he's been leading all defensemen with that than any other defenseman basically in the last month goes to show you how well CC has played this year. For Pittsburgh, and that also goes to show you that with the right deployment and the right um, minutes played on a nightly basis, and him, like I said, playing on the bottom pairing, um, that can do wonders for a player. He obviously struggled a lot in Ottawa because he played top pairing minutes, and he went up against uh, too good of competition. I know in Toronto last year wasn't the best year; it was a bit better, but he was still getting you know top minutes. I think with Morgan Riley, some other minutes on the second pairing. But now that he's played on the bottom pairing with Mike Matheson, who has been really good these last couple of weeks, um, he's getting good deployment. Um, you know, he's going up against third and fourth line players, and he's not making really any mistakes. I don't think he's made. Um, a mistake in probably like the last couple of months. And yes, I would sign Cody Cece to a two-year extension, you know, around 2 to 2.5 million per. I will eat all the crow on Cody Cece in the world. You know, one of my best friends, Jeff from Penguins Twitter, who's going up, going up against a lot of Leafs fans last night, you know, shout out to him for that. You know, he told me that the signing was going to be good. I didn't believe him. And hey, you know, I even tweeted him last night, you know, that crow tastes really good. And I think a lot of other people in the fan base are also eating that crow. And yeah, I, I, I'm th so thrilled to be wrong on him. You know, I, I wanted to be wrong on Jack Johnson. I was right on that one for a change. It's not often that I'm right about something. 
But, you know, like I said, I am so thrilled to be wrong on him. His play in the defensive zone is awesome. And, you know, he can still drive offense, as you saw with Danny Sweet, 10 points, that which leads all defensemen to 5v5 since the end of March. And uh, up until about a week ago, his pair with Mike Matheson was leading the Penguins' defensive pairs and expected goals in around 55 to 56%. And I think in the actual goals, it was around the same number as well. So his play with Matheson on the third pairing, it's just been such a huge upgrade from last year where they were trotting out Schultz and Johnson, which was legitimately losing them playoff games. Like that was actually one of the top three reasons why they lost that series to Montreal. I understand, you know, Matt Murray wasn't at the top of the game, but I still think he played better than some of his critics said that he did. But the biggest reason, or one of the top two biggest reasons why they lost that was because they weren't getting adequate play from their third pairing in Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz. It was a tire fire every time they went out there. And I remember when Sean Gentilly wrote about it, it wasn't that they were just, you know, on the ice for these goals. They were actively causing these goals to happen. And you're not seeing that from Cody Ceci and especially Mike Matheson on that third pairing. They're actually suppressing shots pretty well and they're driving offense and it's a perfect third pairing too because Matheson likes to have the puck a lot and then CC can just handle the defensive responsibilities so um, I really love that third pairing and I hope that continues going into next season it feels really nice to have an adequate third pairing out there um, on a nightly basis um, if this defense stays healthy which is you know a big if um, I don't think you're going to see any of these pairs breaking up and, and why wouldn't they um, Kasperi Kapanen gets a goal in his return last night. Absolutely blew past everyone on the Devils with his goal. I'm not really sure what Scott Wedgwood was doing, I think, on that when he allowed that goal. I, I think it was right after Aaron Dell got pulled, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but awesome to see Kapanen come back and score in his first game. Um, this is just a different team when he's out there. I mean, he's one of the fastest players on the team. And I'm really excited to see uh, when Malkin and Tanev come back, just to see um, Kapanen back with Malkin on that line because that line was just dominant um, when that duo was together. And he was one of the most important players with this team um, thus far this season before he got hurt. I think it was a foot injury uh, for what he said it was um, before, uh, well, during his injury, excuse me, when he got hurt. Uh, I know he was playing with Sevier and Jankowski, you know, not an easy thing to do. Uh, I think he came in on a two-on-one in the first period after Crosby scored. Looked like he was potentially going to pass to Jankowski. I honestly probably would have threw my laptop off the balcony if he did throw it <laughs> throw it if he did pass it to Jankowski I, I legitimately would have been mad online if he did that but thankfully he did not uh, it turned into a really good chance he just shot it a bit wide but you know like I said really nice to see Kapanen get on the board there he absolutely deserved um, a goal with how he was playing in that game and also Brian Russ gets another goal he's been one of their best players this season I'll say it again on the podcast um, um, probably the best valued contract in the league at 3.5 million per for the value that he provides. He's basically been a, almost a goal per game player um, these last couple of years. So he's been absolutely spectacular. And, you know, I'm going to read this text now um, from my buddy last night who was watching the game, who watched basically every game, has been a Penguins fan uh, for as long as I have. You know, you know, it it was, he, he, he didn't call the third period boring. I thought it was boring, um, but he, so he says it wasn't boring. It was right. The Pens kept it out of their own zone quite a bit. They didn't really try running up the score. Russ had a good look, but I don't remember any other significant shots. I know it was the Devils, but if they play this way against teams in the playoffs, they will not lose a seven-game series. I mean, I, I agree with that. My only concern is, you know, can they play like this against a Tampa Bay? Can they do this against Colorado? I know he's not... Um, as high on Colorado and some of those other teams as I am. I mean, I think Colorado's a buzzsaw. They have a super line that marvels Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak. But the Penguins' defensive effort in that third period last night was sublime. Um, like I said, the Devils really only had one high-danger chance. 
Um, it looked like they only had two scoring chances for during that whole third period. So Sullivan definitely said something to them in that video session. It, it definitely was not pretty. You know, I, that's 100% the case when he probably went into that video. You no, know, he probably ripped them a good bit. But um, that was as good of a defensive period when the Penguins have a lead as I have seen all season. If they can definitely do that in the playoffs, uh, there will not be many teams that can beat them in a seven-game series, especially um, East in the East Division. Excuse me. You know, he also did po uh, pose a good question. You know, imagine the you know the fury if they if they would do that against the Capitals. You know, if they would have a lockdown third period performance like that, especially coming after coming up after a loss potentially against them in, in a game prior. Um, I think that would show um, to a lot of the fans and to around the league that this team means business. And I honestly really think that that third period sent a message. Um, it's not just, you know, that team in particular because the Devils are not really good, but I think to the rest of the division in the league that, you know, when this team has a lead, um, that they can clamp down defensively. They're one of the better defensive teams in the league this season. I said this on my Wednesday episode. It's been really crazy to see how well the Penguins have been defensively this year. I think only 2.2 expected goals against overall. Um, there's a lot of blue on their heat maps. Only The only big red is from the points and a little bit in front of the net. Like I said, they can just clean up that a little bit more. Um, they will not give up a lot of goals in playoffs, especially if they continue to get this kind of goaltending um, from Tristan Jari and if they get back Brandon Tanev for the playoffs. So I wanted to share that. Um, just a really dominant performance last night by Pittsburgh. I really liked it. Um, coming up in the next segment, we are going to touch on a couple of the listener takeaways to see what you all have to say. But before we do that, it's time to talk about Built Bar, we have 18 amazing flavors, 6 new ones, as you all know, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp, 12 originals, peanut butter, banana bread, and mint brownie, double chocolate. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Uh, they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors is still the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Saw this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Before we do get to a couple of the listener takeaways, some some practice updates here for you all. Evgeny Malkin has returned to practice today. Um, uh, no contact capacity, but still great to see uh, Gino back on the ice of practice. Brandon Tanev's uh, practice with the taxi squad. He's not out there with the main group. Uh, Matt Venzel says the big thing to know today, Kapanen was skating on the third line with Rodriguez moving down to the fourth with Sevier and Jankowski. So it looks like Kapanen is with Zucker and Carter right now, which is going to be interesting to see uh, if that sticks when Malkin comes back. Probably not. Like I said, it's probably going to be um, Malkin and Kapanen. But still, awesome news that he's back practicing. And Freddie Goudreau is also back practicing. Um, Rob Rossi noted also that Malkin had targeted playing in the final two games, but he was optimistic of a return sooner. Um, yeah, they'll have seven games remaining after this weekend, so maybe he comes back on Tuesday against Boston. Maybe um, it's against Washington. If he can come back for you know that game against Boston or the two games against Washington, that would be huge. They really need uh, him, to, him to return ASAP so he can ramp up before the playoffs. Um, that's a big update there, so I just wanted to tell you all about that. But now let's get to a few listener takeaways from the game last night. Penn 67 says it was a great response game. Thought the defensive uh, play a strong, quiet game. Only worries how do we fare in heavy playoff hockey. Need to start playing that style leading up to the playoffs. I honestly think that they'll be fine, especially with how they defended in that third period. If they can do that in a seven-game series, as my buddy texted me, I really don't think 
um, a team in the East Division can beat them. You know, I, I think that their offensive numbers can only go up. I know they're a bit average at finishing their chances and honestly expected goal score. Um, they're kind of in the middle of the pack, but they've developed into one of the best defensive teams in the league. So if they can really clamp the lead down in the third period like they did last night against some really good opponents, um, I think I'd be uh, even more optimistic about their chances um, in the playoffs. Um, Big Red says, great response from Jari. Much more conservative puck handling and playing to score in situation. Kapanen looks ready to be a big difference maker, even on a lower assignment. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with that. Uh, Kapanen looked amazing last night. You can just see how fast he is um, when he's out there. I mean, like I said, he blew past the Devils on numerous occasions. Um, that goal that he scored was awesome. A bit of a weak goal that went in, I think, on Wedgwood, but still... Um, but just, you know, there was a peak captain goal from what he's done this season. He's been a real difference maker when he's been on the ice. Also, his return to the lineup gave a noticeable jolt to the whole team. Yeah, 1,000% agree with that. I talked about that earlier on in the episode. Glad to see you notice that as well. Uh, Jackson says, great game by the Pens. Couldn't have asked for anything more. Only bad part is the Islanders Capitals go to overtime, but I'll still take the Penguins win and the two points. Yes, I, I do agree with that, man. I'm kind of sick and tired of these, game, these two teams taking points from each other as the Penguins are, you know, they're, Feasting on some of the lower teams in the division. The Capitals and the Islanders still have two more games to play against each other. Um, I think they play on Saturday um, is their next game. And, of course, the Penguins also play uh, that day. The 12.30 p.m. start against New Jersey. Um, so we'll have to see if that game will end in regulation or if those two teams will get or, you know, will continue to take points from each other. But that's really it for the listener takeaways uh, segment. And uh, that basically wraps up this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Really Appreciate all of you listening. I was supposed to post a locker room episode last night, but, you know, went a little longer than anticipated, and, you know, I just couldn't get it out in time for the Thursday episode. But I have an episode for you all right here. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. Like I said, remember this weekend, 12.30 p.m. start for the Penguins on Saturday. It'll be on NHL Network if you have that. And then Sunday, big, big matinee game against the Boston Ruins. They only trail the Penguins by three points in the standings. Um, they play tonight against the Sabres, so if they win that, which, you know, all indications are they will, uh, they'll still have a game in hand on the Penguins, and they will be one point behind Pittsburgh going into that matchup on Sunday. So, um, well, if the Penguins also do, do win tomorrow, they'll be three points up on the Bruins, even if they win tonight. Uh, but those two games against Boston are for a lot of marvels in this division. Mar- marbles, excuse me, in this division when it comes to seeding, and that game will be three o'clock on Sunday on NBC nationally televised. And then they'll play Boston again on Tuesday before going to Washington next week for the final two games of the regular season against them, in which I'm sure we're probably going to get Penguins Caps round five in the playoffs. But I really, like I said, really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back next Monday with an episode recapping both of the Penguins games this weekend. We'll see if they can sweep a back-to-back, even though they have just been not been uh, good in afternoon games, to say the least, this season. But we'll see if they can go a full 2-0 in these ones. I'll talk to you all on Monday. Hope you all have a great weekend and stay safe.